0: A new study shows that trace amounts of mRNAs from the COVID vaccine is now showing up in breast milk. Also, the Washington Post is finally reporting that, yes, the COVID vaccine is affecting women's cycles after we heard for so long that this definitely was not happening. Also, the Nord Stream pipeline going from Russia to European countries is suffering from unexplained leaks that is affecting the continent. And so we are going to talk to one of our favorite guests about what exactly that means and what the consequences will be. We've got all of this and more today. Of course, this episode is brought to you by our friends at Good Ranchers. Go to goodranchers.com slash Allie. That's goodranchers.com slash Allie. All right, before we get into the interview that we have for today, I wanted to make sure that I talked about this new revelation, this new study in the scientific community that says that trace amounts of the COVID vaccine mRNAs were found in breast milk. And now uh, they are cautioning women who are breastfeeding babies. under the age of six months, that if they get the vaccine, they should not breastfeed their babies for two days after that, because that's totally feasible, right? You can just stop breastfeeding your baby for a couple days. All right. Here's what The Daily Wire has reported. A new study published Monday revealed trace amounts of COVID vaccine mRNAs were found in the breast milk of some lactating women. The Journal of the American Medical Association, an international peer-reviewed general medical journal published since 1993, released the study to the public and has now issued a warning for women breastfeeding infants younger than six months. So just as an aside, don't worry, it's only babies under six months. So apparently something magical happens on the night that your baby goes from five months, 30 days to six months, that it's totally okay for your six-month-old baby to be taking in these trace amounts of this vaccine through your breast milk. Caution is warranted regarding breastfeeding infants younger than six months in the first two days after maternal COVID-19 vaccination. The journal said in a tweet, that is just transphobic nonsense. Don't they know it's supposed to be chest feeding? And you can't say Maternal, you have to say parental. Officials said that despite believing it is safe to breastfeed after maternal COVID vaccination, they did not test the possible cumulative vaccine mRNA exposure after frequent breastfeeding in infants. In addition, the potential interference of COVID-19 vaccine mRNA with the immune response to multiple routine vaccines given to infants during the first six months of age needs to be considered. The study reads, it is critical that lactating individuals, there it is, There it is. We got the trans inclusion. It is critical that lactating individuals be included in future vaccination trials to better evaluate the effect of mRNA vaccines on lactation outcomes. The U.S. Food and Drug Administration, the FDA, held off on approving vaccinating infants younger than six months until more data on how it could impact their immune system became available. So this study came out on Monday saying, oh, shoot, actually, actually, we've got amounts of the vaccine that are getting through breast milk, probably, probably shouldn't get through to babies that are under six months. Now, this is after mothers who have been breastfeeding their babies who are under six months old have been told for many months now that it's perfectly safe. Don't be a conspiracy theorist. Don't be a science denier. Oh, what you want you and your baby to die? You need to get this vaccine. There is no evidence that this is going to harm you or harm your baby in any way. In fact, we were told explicitly that the vaccine could not cause any damage or um, was not passing through in any detrimental way to babies who are being breastfed. And yet, if you look at the CDC website that is up right now, that was last updated July 14th, 2022, it says this COVID-19 vaccination is recommended for all people six months and older. This includes people who are pregnant, people who are pregnant. I wish there was a shorter word for that. Breastfeeding, trying to get pregnant now, or might become pregnant in the future. CDC also recommends COVID-19 vaccines for infants six months and older. Whose mother? Wow, they used the wrong who's? Come on. I guess that shouldn't surprise us. It's W-H-O-S-E when you're talking about possessive, not apostrophe S. And an older whose mother, mother, so inconsistent here. I can't even get through this without talking about like the inconsistency. Um, whose mother was vaccinated or had a COVID infection before or while pregnant. So if you are pregnant or were recently pregnant, the CDC site says you are more likely to get very sick from COVID-19 compared to people who are not pregnant. Additionally, if you have COVID-19 during pregnancy, you are at increased risk of complications that can affect your pregnancy and developing baby. And so, of course, of course, a lot of people are going to be pressured into this. Of course, a lot of people are going to be shamed and told that you're not a good mother. You're not taking care of yourself. You're not taking care of your baby if you don't get this COVID-19 vaccine while you are pregnant or postpartum getting a COVID-19 vaccine the CDC site says now can help protect you from getting very sick from COVID-19 there's no stipulation there's no caveat there's no point here that says hey you know what we just don't know enough yet to say that this is perfectly safe for breastfeeding moms We don't have enough evidence quite yet to say that this is going to be healthy for women who are pregnant and they're developing babies. So let's just kind of wait and see. You know, that's all they had to say. I'm not mad that things change based on more data, based on more studying. I mean, human beings are fallible. And of course, people are going to make errors, or we're just not going to have enough information to draw certain conclusions at certain points. But maybe a little bit of humility at some point by the scientific and medical community, or most people, or a lot of people in it, including Anthony Fauci, would have really gone a long way from the CDC, from Uh, The NIH to just say, you know what, maybe we shouldn't be threatening to take away people's livelihoods when it comes to this vaccine, especially when it comes to mothers, because we just don't know enough yet to be mandating this and to be shaming people into this. And maybe we shouldn't be encouraging OBGYNs and nurses to pressure these women into getting this vaccine because we just don't quite have the data yet. That's all I'm asking. I'm not asking that scientists and that doctors get everything right the first time. I'm not even asking that of someone with as much responsibility and as much impact on public policy as Anthony Fauci. I'm just asking for a little humility, a a little bit of admission in the beginning that, We're still looking at this and it is perfectly logical for people, but especially mothers who are pregnant or breastfeeding to say, you know what, I'd like a little bit more information on this before I make my decision. And for doctors and for scientists and for people in the media, for friends to take a step back and say, you know what, that's wise. That's that's prudent. If we look at the statistics surrounding um, surrounding the seriousness of covid and the lack of data in a lot of ways that we have on the vaccine, especially when it comes to certain populations, that actually makes a lot of logical and rational sense for you, mom, to take a step back and maybe don't do this. But that's not what happened. That's not what happened. People were shamed. People lost their jobs. People quit their jobs so they wouldn't be forced to take this vaccine. I, I know women who did not want to get the vaccine, but they were postpartum, very vulnerable emotional state, or they were pregnant and they were told by their doctor, if you don't get this, you are likely to die. Your baby is likely to die. But if you do get this postpartum mom still in the hospital being stitched up, then you will pass immunity on to your child. Isn't that what a good mother would do? They didn't want to, but they felt like they were manipulated and they did. And now we're told that maybe it actually is a little bit harmful. And it doesn't say in this particular study that the vaccine is harmful for developing uh, babies in the womb. Um, it, it it doesn't say in particular that it's harmful for pregnant women. But I think we can use like a little bit of deductive reasoning again. It, it, there's at least enough information now to take a step back for someone to have just a little bit of freaking humility and say, "Ooh, maybe we don't know. Maybe we don't know. Maybe we should look at this a little bit harder. Maybe we should wait just a little bit before saying that pregnant women should be taking this. All right, guys, quick pause to tell you about a new sponsor that I'm really excited about that I have known is going to be a sponsor on my show for a while. And let me just say to my male family members who listen to this show, you might just want to skip right on over the ad and probably all male listeners and viewers. bros out there, you might just want to go ahead and skip right on past this because this is exclusively for the women of the Relatable audience. This is a company called Gar New, and they make organic tampons. And what's different about them from the competitive brands, especially all these new brands that have been popping up that claim to be um, you know, for their customers, you'll notice that they say people with periods or individuals who bleed or people with uteruses. So they're not really pro woman. They believe this crazy lie that men can become pregnant, that it's possible to identify as the opposite gender, that men have periods. It's absolutely absurd. And if you're tired of supporting companies like that, that cannot. Even say what we are and acknowledge that women are awesome and unique, then you need to get your tampons from Gar New, 100% organic tampons that you can buy one time or via subscription. They also have menstrual cups, and they are also coming out with organic pads. They also, in addition to be un- being unapologetically pro woman, they also fight human trafficking for girls in Nepal with every. Purchase. So join the Girls Only Club by going to Garnu, that's G A R N U U, Garnu.com slash Allie to receive your first month of organic tampons for free when you subscribe exclusively for my audience. Use the code Allie at checkout, that's Garnu.com. Use code Allie at checkout or go to Garnu.com slash Allie. Reuters in July uh july of 2021 published this very confidently no traces of mrna vaccines end up in mother's breast milk a small study suggests the covid 19 vaccines from pfizer and moderna deliver a synthetic version of messenger rna molecules designed to instruct cells to build replicas of the coronavirus spike protein while these beneficial antibodies may pass from mothers to infants via breast milk isn't that great the milk does not contain the mrna uh, mRNA itself dummy Researchers found in their analyses of 13 breast milk samples from seven vaccinated women. Wow, what a huge sample size. Thank you so much. Uh, The World Health Organization recommends that breastfeeding mothers be vaccinated against COVID-19 and does not advise stopping breastfeeding afterwards. Well, thank you so much to Reuters. Thank you so much, Pfizer. Thank you so much, scientific community, for your confidence. I mean, I was called a science denier. Ah, uh, thankfully, when I was pregnant last time, I my uh, m- my youngest was born in uh, April of 2021, and if you'll remember, that was like right at the height of pressure uh, to get the vaccine. Thankfully, my uh, providers did not pressure me to get it, but there was—I mean, there was pressure in the hospital. There was just pressure in general uh, to get the vaccine, and again, like your quality of motherhood in many of these cases is being judged based on whether or not you get the vaccine. And I didn't. I didn't. I didn't want to. Um I didn't feel comfortable with it. Both when I was pregnant and when I was postpartum, I still am not I, I still haven't been vaccinated. I don't know if I've ever said that like completely explicitly, but I'm not. Didn't want to got COVID. Whole family got COVID. It sucked, I won't lie. But we got over it and I never felt comfortable with it. I always wanted more information. I always wanted more data, especially though, while I was uh, pregnant and breastfeeding. Uh, And so I feel, I mean, I'm sad, but I do feel a little bit vindicated. Uh, I do feel like, okay, I'm, I'm really glad that I went with that. I'm really glad that I stuck with my choice. And I'll be honest, like there were moments while I was pregnant last time, 2020, 2021, where I thought, you know, maybe I should just get it. Maybe I should. Like, maybe it is the smart thing to do. Like, I don't, if this really is that much more dangerous and deadly for pregnant women, then maybe I should just get it. I personally am glad that I did. Now, I know that there are many of you out there who did. And you and your baby are perfectly fine. And you're glad that you got that. And that is fine. That is fine. I don't I don't judge you. I'm not mad about that. That is perfectly fine. What I am mad about and what I don't expect to get any apology for, either to me or to all of the other people who who bore the brunt of this is the gaslighting and the manipulation and the bullying and the pressure to get something that we did not want to get. And we knew at that time that we really didn't need it. Okay. I'm not speaking for everyone. I'm not saying that uh, no one needs it or no one should get it. But again, all I'm asking for is like a little bit of humility that trust the science is a nonsensical phrase it doesn't it, it 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 defies all logic it defies actually like what science is you don't trust the science you test the science that is what science is by nature So when Dr. Fauci says people who deny me or people who question me are actually denying science or questioning science, that is someone who has a God complex. I think that's true of a lot of people at the CDC, a lot of people at the NIH, a lot of people in the media, a lot of people in our medical industrial complex, a lot of people at these pharmaceutical companies, and they just couldn't bear to say we don't quite know yet. And who knows, honestly, the damage that that might have done? Like, is there, are there going to be reparations to the babies that may have suffered from this, whose moms thought that they were taking good advice from their doctor and, and Dr. Fauci, and maybe now their baby is harmed in some way, probably in ways that we will never fully know? Will there be payback? Will there be some kind of sorry for that? Doesn't sound like it. Doesn't seem like it. Because remember... The people, well, it's really, it breaks down to people on the left, but it's people who followed the mainstream progressive position at the first, whether it was lockdowns or whether it's, uh, you know, mandating vaccines or whatever it was. Like they will never be held accountable for the consequences of their lives. They are always going to be remembered at least by the mainstream media for their valiant intentions. It doesn't matter that in Michigan and in New York and in California that the rate of death was the same as a lot of the red states that never locked down. What really matters is that They locked down, and apparently that was the compassionate position. Um, It's going to be the same thing here. The people who make decisions in our country are never held accountable and never have to endure the consequences of the decisions that they make. No, those consequences rest on people like you and me. There is another aspect of this that i want to talk about briefly i just saw it this morning it was published yesterday in the washington post and again this is another example of covid gaslighting especially when it comes to women that a lot of people are going to feel vindicated about some people might feel regretful about their choice based on this this is according to the washington post women said coronavirus shots affect periods new studies show they're right really because i seem to remember listening to a podcast that someone recommended to me by these two doctors and scientists, these lovers of objective truth that same, that said that doesn't even make any sense. That is, it doesn't even make any sense that uh, somehow the vaccine would affect a woman's cycle it, because the components of the vaccine do this and are this and a woman's cycle does this and they are not dependent on one another at all. So it's probably just a coincidence. I mean, it's probably just because of the stress that people are in or if you've gotten COVID Um, and other people, though, did acknowledge, I will say there are people left, right, whatever, who did say, okay, any kind of vaccine, any kind of like shock to the system has the potential of changing your cycle. But they would say it doesn't affect fertility. But again, I would say we don't know. We don't know if it affects fertility. It might not. But really, we don't know. I just think that we would be a whole lot better off if more people and more people in charge said we don't know. And also, just remember this as just a rule of thumb saying there is no evidence for is not the same thing as saying something's not true or something's not real. Just because something doesn't have evidence yet because it hasn't been studied doesn't mean that it's not true. Um, or that there won't be data supporting that one day. Okay, another break to tell y'all about Eden Pure. Uh, Their Thunderstorm air purifier is absolutely amazing. You just plug it into your wall. You don't even notice it. You don't hear it. It doesn't take up any floor space. And it takes care of all the odors and the bacteria that's in the air in your home that comes from things like litter boxes or trash cans or dirty diapers, cooking smells. It gets rid of all of that, freshens your home so that you're never having to breathe dirty air. I love to travel with this thing. I love the proven Oxy technology that quickly destroys the viruses, the odors, the mold. There's over hundred or 250,000 thunderstorms sold so far. It's super popular because it works. There are no filters to replace, so you don't have to worry about this being some kind of gimmick or anything like that. It works really well. It's also affordable, especially with my code. Go to EdenPureDeals.com. Use discount code Allie to save $200. That's three thunderstorm air purifiers. Put it everywhere in your house like we do for under $200. Shipping is free. That's EdenPureDeals.com. Code Allie, EdenPureDeals.com. So let me read you a little bit from this Washington Post, uh, this Washington Post story. Not long after the rollout of the coronavirus vaccine last year, women began posting on social media about what they believed was a side effect, a a side effect, changes to their periods. Now, I will say that my friend, Gabriel Gabriel Finocchio, he posted um, messages of women. I think it was sometime last year or maybe it was the beginning of this year. He posted messages from women who said this, who said, yeah, my cycle changed um, after getting the vaccine. He was kicked off Instagram. I think he like started it back up. He was able to get another account, but he was kicked off Instagram for sharing women's stories about this because that was spreading misinformation. I I think I've heard it say uh, heard it said before, and I don't remember who said it, like the difference between um, the right, uh, a right wing conspiracy theory and the truth is six months something like that. That seems to be true. What starts out is this crazy conspiracy theory that like maybe COVID didn't come from pangolins and like a wet market in China ends up being confirmed. And it seems to be the same thing here. A new study of nearly 20,000 women. Women. Wow. Washington post shows that getting vaccinated against COVID can change the timing of the menstrual cycle study was conducted for the national institutes of health vaccinated women experienced on average about a one day delay in getting their periods compared with those who hadn't been vaccinated data was taken from a popular period tra- tracking app called natural cycles. Was this consented to? I hope so. Uh, this is this included uh, women around the world. Researchers analyzed three menstrual cycles before the vaccine and at least one after and compared with four cycles in the unvaccinated group. People who received two vaccinations within one min- menstrual cycle experienced greater disruptions four-day average increase in cycle length, 13% experiencing a delay of eight days or more. I mean, that's pretty significant. Allison Edelman, professor of obstetrics and gynecology at Oregon Health and Sciences, who led the study, said the effects were mostly mostly temporary only lasting one cycle before returning to normal. Um, No indications from this study that there was any impact on fertility. Yes, because again, that's not what this study actually studied. Researchers don't know exactly why the vaccine seemed to affect menstrual cycles, but Edelman said that the immune and reproductive systems are linked, okay, and that inflammation or a strong immune response could trigger menstrual fluctuation. Okay, so maybe it's no big deal. I'm totally open to that possibility. Maybe it's no big deal at all. Maybe it is just that it's causing inflammation. That's what the vaccines do. That's what lots of different vaccines do. And as your body is adjusting to that inflammation, just like they, just like your body adjusts to inflammation that comes from other causes, your cycle is just temporarily disrupted. Everything goes back to normal and it's all good. That is, That could be what it is. And maybe for some people, for some women, it is still worth it to get vaccinated. But knowing what we know, again, again, like wouldn't the better position to be, all right, some women don't want a disruption of their cycle because we do not know yet how this could affect other parts of their reproductive system. If it is affecting your cycle, if it is affecting in some ways, your reproductive health, isn't it just logical to say that maybe there is a possibility even if it's a tiny possibility that it could affect your fertility like isn't that a possibility let's just say that it is and if that possibility is out there because we know that there is an effect on the menstrual cycle by these vaccines we should not be pressuring women to get it who don't want to get it No more doctors pressuring, no more politicians pressuring. Like you will remember that the president of the United States said that companies with 100 employees or more must force their employees to get this vaccine or those companies will face inordinate, unaffordable fines. So that means pregnant employees. That means women in their childbearing years, the president of the United States wanted to make sure that you were forced, if you worked for one of these companies, to get this vaccine that we now know has an effect on breastfeeding, comes through the milk, and we now know has an effect on the cycle. So again, let's just take a step back, have a little bit of humility, and just say we don't quite know. We don't quite know. There's also another part of this study. The study also found that breakthrough bleeding, so I'm guessing this is probably defined as like spotting in between periods, not fun. Breakthrough bleeding was reported by um, 39% of women on gender affor- affirming hormones. Wow, I am, my mind is so on Testosterone. So this these are actual women trying to be a, a man very confused about this language our world is crazy so 39% of those women found that they had breakthrough bleeding. 71% of women on long-lasting reversible contraceptives, so like a birth control pill um, or something that actually stopped the period, they had breakthrough bleeding. So they're not supposed to be bleeding. They were bleeding. 66% of postmenopausal women. So that's women who were supposed to have stopped having a period after they got the COVID vaccine. They started bleeding again. Not great. Not great. Again, I think science is wonderful. I think modern medicine is wonderful. I am thankful for scientists. I don't I could never be a scientist. I'm very thankful for scientists. I'm very thankful for modern medicine. I am very thankful for so many of the developments that technology and science and medicine have brought us over the past century especially. I mean, it's really incredible how many lives that has saved. But when you replace God with science, and say that we must trust the science, we must follow the science, we must do what these scientists say no matter what, or else you're going to be punished by the government, or else you're going to be excluded from society. You're going to be unable to basically provide for yourself or your family or engage in your community at all. That's going to lead to some really, really scary repercussions for people, for people. And it has. And it has. Especially that now we know that there is potentially a lot more harm that is being done by these vaccines than we originally were told. Don't just trust the science just because someone tells you to. Ask critical questions. And those who did are feeling a little bit vindicated right now. And again, if you if you did get this vaccine, I'm not trying to guilt you. I'm not trying to make you feel bad about that. I'm just saying that again, we should all, especially those who tried to use this to kind of hammer people over the head, have some humility and ask some questions the next time one of these so-called solutions comes around for a so-called emergency. All right. That's all I've got with that. And now We are going to move into our conversation. But first, let me tell you about our next sponsor. Well, unfortunately, an energy crisis leads to a food crisis. This is not helping the supply chain, as you know. That means when it comes to your food supply, it is better to be safe than sorry. It's not about being paranoid about what's to come. It's just about being prudent and doing everything you can to take up uh, to take care of your family. And that is why one of my favorite sponsors is My Patriot Supply. They offer these three-month emergency food kits. It ships right to your front door in unmarked boxes for the sake of privacy. And you get really good, nutritious food that takes care of of an individual for three months. And so you'll want to get one of these supply kits for every person in your family, and hopefully you'll never need it. That's the hope, right? But if you do, you know that you have something to rely on. So go ahead, get it now. While you're thinking about it, preparewithally.com. Grab your 20% savings off of each three-month kit. That savings really makes a big difference. Go to preparewithally.com, preparewithally.com. Ross, thank you so much for joining us. I think this is your third time on. You're great at explaining the complexities of everything that is happening. What is the Nord Stream pipeline? Is this different than Nordstrom, the department store?
1: Uh, it's a little bit different. Little One is uh, okay. natural gas and uh, sells dresses and uh, silverware. And I don't know, I'm, I'll be honest with you, I've probably never been in a Nord Stream in my life.
0: So. Got it. So your expertise <laughs> is Nord Stream Pipeline. Tell us what's going on. Why are people talking about this?
1: Yeah, so the first Nord Stream opened up uh, a little over 10 years ago. And the idea is, is that it would, uh, so Gazprom, uh, the Russian uh, energy giant, was a big, uh, big part of that. It's a major partner in that. And you had a couple of European entities as well. And it connects, uh, essentially connects natural gas flows from Russia into Northern Europe uh, for consumption. And it is a uh, major pipeline, and it's, it's, it's quite enormous, actually. Uh, and then about uh, six years ago, they wanted to start building Nord Stream 2, which would double the throughput uh, of natural gas from Russia into Europe. And uh, so of course, a lot of companies that depend on natural gas, it's fertilizer manufacturers, vitamin manufacturers. Uh, you know, anything that basically utilizes natural gas as an energy feedstock or as a raw material in the production, the way nitrogen fertilizer does, uh, would, uh, would have been really dependent on that. It was the cheapest and most abundant source of energy available. Uh, and at a time when Europe was really uh, focused on decarbonization, on getting away from coal or even things like nuclear, which, you know, has a zero carbon footprint, but uh, was still worrisome to a lot of people, natural gas seemed like a really great transitional fuel. Uh, but it also increased European dependence on natural gas. It locked out other European manufacturers uh, of the natural gas market, or reduced the market share that they would have been able to tap into. Uh, you know, Norway has a mega natural gas company as well uh, that would have been able to make use of it. So, and, and really, I think what people realized is that uh, it, it is a tool of political leverage uh, yeah. from Putin. Europe and so that was where kind of the initial concerns about it but now the concerns are setting aside uh putin's ability to influence uh europe uh by controlling natural gas flows uh now that natural gas is gone uh the 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 pipeline does appear to be offline completely and uh permanently so uh from, from some reports and the question now is what's next for europe
0: So what happened? Why were people talking about this yesterday? I saw that CNN reported that there were mysterious leaks and that CNBC said that sabotage is suspected after unexplained leaks found on major Russian gas pipelines. There's a lot of speculation on Twitter about who did what and how this happened. So what is going on there?
1: There's a... You know a lot of game theory calculations. If you're if you're really looking at the flow of natural gas and what it means to the various stakeholders involved, uh, I I can argue both sides of it because I'm of two minds. There is one side that says that entities in inside the EU, possibly even inside NATO, that are uh, very worried about and and frankly sick of Russian control of European and transatlantic affairs. Uh, you know control of the natural gas flows into Europe, uh, that they just took matters into their own hands and said, we're going to rip the Band-Aid off, and uh, this pipeline's going to go, and we will figure out what to do next. But we have to break the dependence in a, in a very uh, kinetic way. Uh, you've got some people that uh, the Scandinavian countries, Poland, for example, have shown little regard, uh, increasingly so, for what Germany thinks. And Germany, of course, is the uh, one that's most dependent on these natural gas flows. Uh, so it's going to be somebody that's that's probably not aligned with Germany's agenda uh, or at least has said we're, we're willing to ignore uh, Germany as the largest economy in the EU and take our chances. The other side of it is, is and, and this is the side that a lot of other people have argued against, is there's a compelling case that Russia could have done to themselves, uh, but in such a way that you would increase the infighting and tension and uh, suffocation, if you will, of the European economy. By by not having access to this natural gas at all, by forcing them to import more supplies to bring in more from Norway, uh, but that they weren't maybe ready to do that, and that if and that makes sense if you consider that for Russia there is a an economic offset on the other side, the ability to push more natural gas, more energy product uh, into China, uh, into uh, you know the Central Asian nations uh, to buyers that would benefit from a, a sudden uh surplus of supplies that was going to europe that's now going the other way uh, we don't know for sure that those buyers would have exist that china and russia maybe are colluding, uh but both scenarios very much are on the uh, on on the room you know, within the realm of possibility here yeah what we do know for sure is that it's offline uh and that europe is is kind of casting about wondering what do we do next
0: So what do you think about Biden in February saying there will no longer be a Nord Stream 2? We will bring an end to it. And then the reporter says, how will you do that exactly since the project and the control of the project is within Germany's control? And he says, I promise you we'll be able to do it. And so some people are like, "Okay, uh, that's a little ominous. Did the U.S. somehow have a hand in this? I've seen a lot of back and forth about that.
1: (laughs) So, I'm going to do what I always do when it comes to public statements from this particular president, and uh, throw the entire salt shaker over my shoulder uh, instead of just a couple grains of salt. You know, it's um, framing it that way certainly does make it seem like there could have been a nefarious plot afoot. Uh, reports, you know, Der Spiegel, uh, you know, ran an article recently that said, uh, you know, the CIA uh, tried to warn German authorities and, and Nord Stream officials. Uh, that there were, you know, several weeks ago that there was a risk, imminent risk to the pipeline. Uh, if such is the case, then then tipping our hand uh, that way probably means that we were not involved, even if we had some knowledge of it. Um, the, the benefit uh, to the U.S., though, in that scenario, if the U.S. was in some way complicit with it, is that the U.S. does have an abundance of natural gas. Um, it's easier for us to export it to Europe than to, so to speak, export it to ourselves on liquid natural gas carriers because of the Jones Act. Uh, so, yeah, American uh, export of natural gas to Europe has been up and certainly will continue to be because of this. But for Biden saying, you know, we guarantee uh, my senses is, is that he was probably referring to the way in which uh, Trump was able to uh, stymie or stop construction of Nord Stream 2, which was a, a mix of uh, giving and, and taking of incentives uh, with regard to Germany and to NATO and to the EU to, to compel them economically to stop construction project. When you're talking about an actual uh, attack, right, where you've got, you know, small boats and you've got teams of divers that, that would be going down there, you've got submarines that have the ability to attack infrastructure, uh, you know, undetected until the attack's already done. When you're talking about that level of, of state uh, cooperation and support, um, I, I doubt if we had any involvement that, that, you know, Biden, such as he is, would have tipped our hand to it. Uh, my sense is, is that he was referring to, you know, severe economic sanctions to stop the project the same way, which is also uh, Trump bad, to,
0: <laughs> which, which is which I is mean, also very bad, which is which is also bad. And I know we don't have to get into all of this. We talked about this recently with another guest about about the assault on um, on nuclear energy um, and also natural gas, that it really doesn't make a whole lot of sense, even from uh a climate change perspective, which, again, kind of makes it seem like it is more nefarious than actual, um, you know, any actual attempt to help the environment. And so, I mean, I'm with you in that. I don't know. I have no idea. U.S. involvement, of course, I hope that that's not true. But the fact that the Biden administration could even possibly be cheering on any kind of ending to this project is troubling to me. All right, this conversation is probably making you feel a little, I don't know, unstable. Unsure of the future, what else is new? You need to make sure that your savings are protected by owning something that has never been valued at zero, and that is gold. Historically, your best hedge against inflation, which, as you guys know, unfortunately keeps rising. The savviest Americans diversify their savings to protect them from downturns in the market, from global instability, from a falling dollar. Birch Gold Group helps you hold gold and silver in a tax-sheltered retirement account. And if you have have a 401k or ira that's underperforming all you have to do is text ali to 989898 you can learn how to convert that into an ira in precious metals right now so text ali a-l-l-i-e to 989898 you'll get a free info kit on diversifying into gold tax free that's ali to 989898 Um, Neither the pipeline neither pipeline was delivering commercial gas at the time of the leaks yet both given both lines were still pressured and each has the capacity to pipe around 165 million cubic meters of methane heavy gas per day leaks of this size are a severe safety environmental hazard especially should Russia not stop pumping gas into the system depending on the scale of the damage the leaks could even mean a permanent closure of both lines what would be the consequences of that for Europe.
1: Well, Europe would have to immediately replace that energy supply uh, to the extent possible. Uh, in Germany's case in particular, uh, one very notable example, it's one I've talked publicly about, is BASF. Uh, when Russia first invaded Ukraine, uh, the, the, the next move that came out of Germany was a number of companies that are dependent on Russian natural gas uh, saying this could impact production of products x, y, and z. Uh, in the case of an industry I'm very familiar with, vitamin production was uh, severely impacted. An immediate warning went out from BASF uh, about shortages uh, of materials that were produced uh, using natural gas as a key input. And so that's been, you know, Germany and Europe's worries all along is is does restriction of natural gas, direct flows of Russian natural gas that come directly into Germany, does it cripple some of their biggest and most important companies, Mercedes-Benz as well, Right. So if there is a replacement or standby capacity of additional natural gas, whether it's imported from the United States, whether it's the new pipeline that's running from Norway through Denmark into Europe, uh, if they're able to kind of piecemeal things together long enough to solve the energy riddle over the next 18 to 25 months, uh, then the impact to Europe will actually be, uh, I hate to say this, but a net positive in this regard because it, it fully decouples Europe from a country that has proven it is willing to manipulate energy and human lives uh, as a means of getting its way from on the global political scale. It will also push Russia and China more closely together, uh, will, will cause, you know, firmly, I guess, bifurcate, if you will, uh, the two global factions into uh, the, sort of an anglospheric European West, uh, and, and then the countries that are part of that. And then, you know, what, uh, you know, Valina Chakarova, who's a, a fantastic uh, academic uh, and strategist in Europe, what she calls the dragon bear, sphere of influence which is a china russia led sphere of influence that others will define themselves by and particularly in asia and africa Uh, that i think is the most likely outcome of this as we will probably see a unraveling of the current transatlantic order shuffling around where the baltic states and poland scandinavian states i think move more to the forefront you'll see germany and france probably minimized a bit uh, as a result of this And you will see uh, Russia and China and those countries uh, move more firmly in alignment from a political and from a commodity and economics.
0: Yeah, I see what you're saying. And that's something that Trump said a couple of years ago. And he was kind of laughed at when he said, look, it's not good that Germany is relying on a country like Russia Uh, for their energy and everyone laughed at him in the room and said that's ridiculous but that's exactly what's happened and that has partly caused this problem here so you're saying in the long run by decoupling those two countries that could be a good thing for germany because they never should have been relying on russia in the first place and that bifurcation can actually be good but there's going to be some suffering like in, in the short term right as they transition into other sources of energy it just doesn't look like there's an easy way to do that
1: well, humans are creatures of incentive, right? And and we respond to pain, we respond to pleasure, we respond to good things and bad things, but always in somewhat predictable ways. And in this particular case, uh, you know, I think the report came out last night here in the U.S. that Germany had come out this morning their time and and said, well, the planned sunset of certain nuclear capacity, we're not going to uh, proceed with, and we're going to continue to use uh, that nuclear capacity for for an additional time. Um, it, it really. The the best thing about this, in my view, is that it is forcing, maybe for the first time for a lot of people, a real reckoning of what is the cost of ESG, what is the cost of clean energy, what are the trade-offs and the incentives or disincentives associated with it? Because to this point, we've been able to kind of chug along in this fairy tale, and and particularly in the European side, to say that, yeah, we can transition to perfectly clean energy and renewables, solar and wind, and all these things. And now they're, but but they were able to do these things and to kind of lie about that and the benefits of these things because they always had enormous quantities of natural gas and and nuclear to uh, to kind of hold up everything while they while the transition was slowly ongoing to better renewables. The reckoning is here now. Uh, if those pipelines are permanently off, Europe now has to face a very stark, very realistic choice of: is it going to continue to pursue this? this ESG agenda, this this all clean everything agenda, or is it going to have to kneel to reality a little bit and admit that natural gas and nuclear must be a part of that transition for the indefinite future?
0: Yeah. And that's really going to make or break it. Obviously, the United yes, States faces the same decision um, in a in a different way but with the same kind of consequences well thank you so much for especially bringing it to that last point because man that part the ESG the denial of reality uh, of reality when it comes to clean energy is connected to so many other things in our political and cultural sphere so thank you so much for breaking that all down for us I really appreciate it thank you thank you